Hello and welcome to the Keen on Things podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Keen, with the best 30 minutes of sleep in show business. Uh, it's been a while, kind of. I mean, these are coming out every week, but there's a lot of catching up. There's a lot of um, uh, back episodes, uh, but we're all caught up here as this is real time and uh, a great close to the year on cruise ships and uh, back in Southern California, back in Orange County now, feeling good. Uh, coming off a cold that I caught last minute in transit, I think. Um, you know, the uh, airports and waiting rooms and airplanes and customs, baggage claim, cruise ships, uh, not to mention working at a high school. Uh, it's a lot of Petri dishes, but it's not COVID. I've been tested twice in the last seven days both negatory uh so it was a cold it was a horrible sore throat that was two nights and then it evolved into nasal nasal into um cough and then cough into a pounding headache uh this this weekend which it is sunday night and it has ceased and i don't know if it's ceased or if it's just that the lions just beat the packers to close out the season and even though they kind of got swindled out of the playoffs um, because of a game that was played earlier, uh, they knocked the Packers out um, as well, which I didn't care about the Packers getting knocked out of the playoffs. I just wanted the Lions to win uh, and to go 9-8 and eight after a 1-6 and six start, which rooting for the Lions is so it, – it's so risky because they will break your heart, and it was a tight game. So it looked close tonight, but they just didn't have any major screw-ups. Um, so I'm livid. I mean, livid. I'm, I'm beaming, Jerry. I'm beaming. And I don't know. Maybe this will wear down and I'll get back to the cold uh, that I have. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, so just an amazing close to the week. Uh, I'm sorry, an amazing close to the year. And then this is, so this is a year wrap up, but also the year kickoff. Wrap up kickoff. That's what I'll call it, I guess. Episode 111. Uh First in Formosa, Formosa, the famous bar out there on Santa Monica Boulevard in West Hollywood, <laughs> still around from LA Confidential, uh, brought to you by scriptpipeline.com, guys. Not many products you can get behind from the ground up, but this is one of them for me. I don't know what another one would be. Uh, what, are, what are some products that I really, really love? Uh, I, should just, I should just plug those whether they give me money or not, uh, or whatever, business. Uh, Script Pipeline, guys. Uh, live your dreams, but do it from home. All right. Submit your screenplay, your idea, your show idea, your concept, whatever it is, your form of art uh, on Script Pipeline. Get eyes on it. Get it looked at. Get notes back. Uh, help them help you. Right. They get it in front of uh, people that can make a difference and get you paid and get you professional and um, they can spotlight your work and you can do it from anywhere in the world. It's fantastic. Years ago, I don't know what you did. If you were living in Australia, um, you know, I don't know why I always bring up Australia. I think it's because the head of Script Pipeline loves that country. Uh, if you're living in Central Europe, South America, the Middle East, um, Russia, Africa, wherever, India, I just keep naming places, Canada, Alaska, Iceland, Reykjavik, uh, and you want to get your script seen, I guess you just mailed it and hoped for the best. You just mailed it into some agency or the Writers Guild, I, I don't know, and you hope for the best. This this company handles all that, okay? And they get you good, um, 
coverage and good realistic notes, and they can save a lot of your time. And you'll be like, oh, F them. Uh, good. Well, at least if you didn't like what they did, at least it motivated you and uh, it didn't sit on a shelf or it didn't sit in your head. Scriptpipeline.com. Uh, so two and a half months, the last two and a half months of the year, I was on cruise ships doing comedy. Um, and the last two weeks, especially last week and a half of the year, two weeks kind of, actually week and a half, the last <coughs> week and a half of the year, I was on three different ships, which I just was amazing. Like normally you're on for a week at a time, but these contracts were like, hey, last minute, let's get them on. Okay, boom off in Cabo, back on this other ship going in the other direction, only have him on for half a week. Next stop, we'll fly him across country to Miami, then down to St. Martens, um, which I think it's pronounced St. Martens by uh, the Dutch for their side, the Netherlands, and then St. Martins on the French side. Um, beautiful island. Don't really know the differences of the sides of the island. It seemed pretty great. Um, very casual service at the hotel, uh, which was fine. It was beautiful. <coughs> it was paid for. It was supposed to be paid for. I had to pay for it last minute. As I was leaving, they're like, yeah, you're going to have to pay for this. Um, but here's a receipt. Here's the person to send it to. So you'll get reimbursed. Uh, it's not always tight. You know, you do comedy. You go on the road. You go into these hotels. It's 50-50 whether they have you booked. Even though they've got a comic in that room or in, in your hotel every week. And it's like, hmm, we don't have you down. Well, hmm, I'm the comic. So clearly you do this every week, and there's a name attached to the phone number. So why don't you go ahead and give that person a call, drop my name, and it'll all get solved. Instead of making me call the club to have them call you. Um, really fun. Really fun. Um, <coughs> I have nothing on the books, which is fantastic. I need a break uh, from this, from the cruise ships. Not from doing stand-up ever, really. Um, if anything, the cruise ship takes you away from stand-up because you're performing one, maybe two nights in seven days. So you get rusty weirdly. Um, and that can be frustrating. And so you're not getting the reps. You're getting the money. You're getting a good overall experience, but you're not getting the reps and you're not getting love for the stand-up. At least I'm not. Uh, I would be better off if I were to get married, have kids, and then just start writing material about that and just the day-to-day then I could just work on cruise ships forever and it wouldn't matter. You just do the same two different 45 minute shows. Um, but whatever, uh, they could call any day. These cruise ships could call any day and I'd just take it. But I don't think it's normal for this point in the year, not to have anything booked. Um, especially for my style, I'm pretty low on the cruise ship rung. I mean, standups are pretty low. And then of, of the standup stable, I'm, I'm, really low but look people get desperate because people screw up and they're like well this guy isn't the best but he's always there you know old ironside old faithful so i'll get the call um i cannot stress i cannot stress how unfun the stand-up shows are for me uh, at the same time i'm not sure the ships even care uh, I, I overthink, I overthink it. I overthink everything, which I'm working on, especially with this men's group I'm a part of, just trying to shade, uh, shed overthinking, trying to shed, uh, procrastination, laziness, stuff like that. Not lazy, but just like, um, complacency, trying to shed that. <coughs> 
But these ships, man, I don't even think they care. They're like, screw it. It's fine. As long as you didn't drop the N-word like some guy did last year, which I don't know how he even got that close to even doing anything like that. Uh, but as long as you don't offend, as long as people don't go into a fight, um, there have been fights before, arguments, disagreements, and usually that comic's not going to get work again because they're going to side with the passenger. So you're really kind of behind the eight ball. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's good and bad that you don't perform every night on a cruise ship. It's good because it's less work. You don't have to do as much work. But it's bad because you can't get a rhythm. You can't get a rhythm for your set. Oh, I forgot that one joke. I'll put that little joke in there. Oh, because when you work a club for a week, which a week of club work is basically four nights. It'll either start Wednesday and end after the second show Saturday, start Thursday, end after the one show Sunday. I don't love a Sunday show. I like going up on Sunday nights, but I like for the club week to end on the second show Saturday, and then you go find a one-nighter or an open mic or a, a different type of <coughs> a different type of um, uh, show for that Saturday night. Anyway, uh, so that's good and bad. And it's not like you want to work a cruise ship every night. You know what? I would like if you could, if they could guarantee, look, it's tickets or something, or it's three, it's a different audience each time. I don't mind doing the same set three or four, even five times in the same room. But when you've got to mix it up, that can get tricky. And uh, when people come back, people are so bored on a cruise ship because there's only so much you can do and you're in the same space all day. So people are going to come back a second and third time. People are going to come to both your first and second show. People don't go to a first and second comedy club show for the most part. But sometimes a third of your audience was at the first show and you're like, guys, what, what are you doing here? I mean, you can just, you suck the silence. Like the energy tilts, right? For that big of a part of the audience, that, uh, that much of a percentage of the crowd. You know, when you're a body in a show room, and you're not laughing you're you're taking energy it's not like what i didn't do anything it's like yeah you did you took up space and you threw off the balance <coughs> sorry i'm dying i guess okay um but so when you do a club a comedy club for a week you start on a wednesday do a show thursday a show two friday two saturday your set can evolve it can adjust to the environment um so that wherever you are tampa omaha you know spokane um Sioux Falls, Sioux City, New York, uh, Portland, Maine, you know, San Antonio, you, you can, that first one minute can turn into three minutes, maybe five, maybe seven, right? Of just like, here's some local jokes, here's some funny stuff, here's something that maybe happened, maybe didn't on the way in. And then by the end of the week, um, you're not going to get more than seven minutes. Um, if you're a conversationalist, that's different. But maybe by the end of the week, it went from three minutes to five minutes after your sixth, uh, sixth, fourth or fifth or sixth time doing uh, the set. And that's nice. You've built it up. <coughs> These cruise ship shows, man, it's just such a disconnection. But I think part of it is I take it so personally and I want it to be so exact because everybody comes up to me, oh, that's great. That was great. You're self-deprecating. You make so much fun. And and it's because I'm not having fun up there, man. It, they're like, oh, so what? People aren't laughing or, or they're just not listening or they're just older white English and older white Americans that are just sitting there waiting to be, you know. Someone came up to me afterwards like, yeah, you could have taken a shotgun to that audience. They wouldn't have known. Um, but he's talking about the entire cruise ship audience. 
So it's just there's just such a disconnection, you know. And then you're stuck with the passengers for whatever time, half a week, a week, sometimes two weeks. In Australia, it was a month. Um, and then while all that's going on, they love the other performers, you know. And you can feel that, man. You can feel it. You can see it. And, you know, they're up there. Those performers are up there as dancers, as musicians, uh, as singers. Um, and, and you can, you can feel that, uh, you feel needy and lonely and desperate and it's hard and you doubt yourself. And so that's where I am a little bit right now. I haven't written any, anything really in, in the last two weeks, stand up wise. Um, but three weeks, th- three ships in a week and a half was, was quite a bit. That was, it just felt like I was moving and moving and who knows, maybe you got sick like halfway through that, but your body's like, I need you for another week before you can you can get sick and literally on the flight home it just kind of all started coming out and um made it home and it was raining and it was traffic got home at like five or six uh was it january 2nd or 3rd or something um but amazing man amazing experience st martin's cabo i've been there plenty of times before but um got to spend a night there they put me up in a really nice hotel and got to spend a lot of time there because the ship didn't leave until the next night at like eight so uh it was such a blast such a blast um got to open for roseanne beginning of de- december right when i got back from the cruise ships um i had like a, a week and a half before i had to jump back on and i got to open i caught a quick week with roseanne i think it was three nights um uh it's great her crowd's a little you know whatever um a little gritty first night Felt great. It was a lot of work. When they're there to see a legend or someone that high or specific, and they're there to see beyond a comic, they're there to see a celebrity, then they're not as finely tuned as a stand-up audience is. They're almost like, what are you doing? What's this person doing? <clears throat> and I definitely got that feel. You can feel they want someone, but you still get some good reaction. Uh, I opened for Mick Foley in Tampa. He was a professional wrestler, and he's a storyteller, and I guess he's really good. Um, I stopped watching wrestling right before Mick Foley's kind of uh, reign started. I, I didn't really remember him. Um, but I went up and I was doing stand-up in Tampa once. And it was just like, it was silence, a packed room of silence. And then Mick goes up and just tells stories, wrestling stories, and just kills. And I didn't even stick around. I was like, I can't watch this. I got I to gotta go. Um, you know, uh if it were Hulk Hogan or, you know, Rod, Rowdy Roddy Piper or somebody that I grew up on, then it'd be different. <coughs> um, and I don't know that that was explained to me until I walked into the room that night. Anyway, Roseanne first night was great. We had a little exchange before the show. Uh, I'm sorry, before her set, she came on. She's like, I just love your material. And I was so thrilled, right? And that was pretty much it. Next two nights, we didn't talk at all. She had her family in the green room. It was one of those situations, rarely it happens, maybe once every five to seven years. It's only happened to me about three times, I think, where I'm the opening act, but I don't even go in the green room to hang with the comic, which is fine. Uh, It's been a long time since they were at that level, so they don't care or understand or even need it, or it doesn't even occur to them. So I was kind of out on the steps. Um, But first, she's just like, I love your stuff. And I I told the crowd, I was like, you're here to see a legend. And she was really flattered about that. But we didn't talk the other two nights. um, And I'm never sure how much to talk to them. You kind of have to wait for them. You don't want to be needy. 
Uh, so I was like, all right, cool. I did meet her daughter years ago at a party. They were a fun group that used to uh, attend a lot of parties. And some of my friends overlapped with some of those friends. And uh, it was near Dodger Stadium. Jessica, fun girl. We called her group the Animals. It was just a little group of uh, party merry pranksters around L.A. Uh, those are the acts you don't Yeah, uh, so I just have it written here. There's just no hangout, which is a bummer, because you'd like to kind of, you know, be around it, right? Be around the greats. Be around the legends. Uh, halfway through here, are we asleep? Are we asleep for the new year? Are we doing... I don't have... You know what? I just have bullets here. I, don't, I did not, like, take time to write this out. I don't know how we're going to do this. Um, I'll tell you what, though. I spent a lot of time with self. Thank God, because I didn't get enough time in my 20s living in Asia for three years, not speaking the language. No, but these, um, this time with self, it wouldn't come if I weren't doing these cruise ship gigs. Uh, comedy, stand-up comedy is a specific desired response. Um, but I'll tell you, I'd be better off baking cookies for 45 minutes up there. It's a long time to talk to that group. I've got to figure out tricks. That, you know, tricks. I mean, it's like, yeah, work on work harder, get funny, write stronger material. Or just f- come up with some tricks, some crowd work, some crowd-pleasing questions, some trivia about the ship or the country we're going to. Uh, hand out candy or tarts. I don't know what tarts are. Because, um, you know, they want... Like... They, you know, they want Jay Leno. They want Robin Williams. People are like, oh, they want Johnny Carson. No, Johnny Carson would be too edgy, like confusing. I mean, they, the familiarity of it, I guess. Larry the Cable Guy. <coughs> um, you know, they want Lawrence Welk. They want nothing with bite. Because they're like, oh, the person that hosts trivia is so great. And you go to trivia, and it's just like a pleasant person. Like, hey, are we enjoying our trip? Oh, that's great. Good. Well, here's your next question. And it's that for 45 minutes. And they're like, oh, we just love Simon. And I'm all, Simon that reads the question? Like, what do you love about that? But that's, man, comedy, laughter, joy, thinking deeper thoughts on a deeper level. That's not necessarily a thing. Uh, human, global, earth-wide. It's not a thing, necessarily. And, but people, then it's, which is fine, but don't come to the comedy show. Anyway, uh, they want, you know what they want? They want senior frogs mixed with Lawrence Welk. They want a, a frog sitting on Lawrence Welk's lap and petting him. Stop, you stop in these ports, and it's like a senior frogs, every one of them. Uh, minimum 10-minute walk past the senior frogs when you check these countries out right minimum get past all that riffraff uh difference between back room stage and theater i don't know what that is difference between getting on b oh okay yeah this is good <coughs> all right hopefully this can be quick for you guys we're already halfway through i mean we're more two-thirds this goes pretty quick do i am i keeping it interesting i don't know i i feel like it's really intimate right now when i'm talking to you you know, it's like a one-on-one thing, I think. Because I've talked to a few people that listen to this, and they're like, oh, I really feel like I know you, strangely, even though I don't see you for months and months on end. Um, senior Frogs. Difference between getting on at the beginning of the week. I, I do like getting on at the beginning of the week and having two to three nights to adjust to the ship, particularly the ship, the routing, the, the clientele. Um, jumping on midweek like this, usually you're performing that first night. I think each of the three... <laughs> ships i caught midweek i was on the first night and uh one night was brutal and i had to like meditate i was like two hours before the show or an hour i just like hot shower on a towel 
um, sitting down in my room, in my cabin, just like meditating for like 10 minutes or 15 minutes and just like, which I'm going to try to get into more, try to do it tonight even. Um, just like, all right, calm, calm. You know your material. You just have to bring the energy. That's the big thing. The material's there. It's in your brain. It's semantic learning. It's not just memorization. It's semantic. You know the uh, deepest level of memory, and it goes with actions and punchlines and where you step and whatnot. Uh, so you just need to be have energy, talk slower, be animated, which is the part I hate the most, which is what you need to do on a cruise ship. You can do that with subpar material. Uh, I like to write in a way that you can present it any way and it's still getting laughs and you could phone it in if you have to. I love phoning things in. Um, but yeah, that's midweek versus first. I, I like getting there and getting adjusted a night or two and then you kind of see. Because people, if they're on a cruise ship and we pulled this out of San Pedro on our way to Cabo, we got on the ship the first night we threw stand-up comedy at them, which is no good, man. That's no good. Because they're like, what? Oh, oh okay. It was like, was that the, right before Christmas, I think? Yeah, it was right before. And it's just, it's no good because it's like they haven't even had time to adjust. Like, what's this? Oh, oh, comedy? Okay, sure. You need like some big extravagant show, music, uh, dancing, whatever, bells and whistles. And then you throw stand-up at them about night three, even night four, when they've just experienced everything. And they're like, I could use something with a little more bite, right? Granted, if you saw my grades for these ships, it it might be like a 7.5, which isn't bad at all, right? A 6 to a 7.5 isn't bad at all but i don't know when you've been doing this long and you spend as much time as i do uh, a mediocre show is a shitty show and i I don't want that um i have i have it written here remote didn't work in my cabin who am i complaining to you people remote didn't work in my cabin i got that fixed why did i write that okay um but i have a new love for cabo i'd been there before um the port and the restaurant and the bars and the shops whatever i just liked it because it felt it felt like um, just enough America and just enough Mexico. And yeah, there's some cheesiness to it. But I was like, this is like ideal. This is like, for me, I wish what like San Diego could be or Tijuana. Uh, and I know you get out, outside there and you get to those beaches and it's better and there's less people. But I, I didn't mind the port stuff there. Um, and, you know, and, and the U.S. dollar, it's not a, you know, it's like, yeah, let's, we'll take money. Uh, let's see. Celebrity funny. Oh, um. I don't know why I have this celebrity funny. I have that term celebrity funny. Oh, it's because I've been watching football the last couple of days and uh, they have celebs on these commercials. And the only reason it gets a laugh is because they are celebrities. Once you're a celebrity, it's funny what people accept, you know, these celebrities get to be in terrible commercials and they're let off the hook because they're already famous and they get to look like stumbling idiots. I'd be happy to be one of them. So I don't know what I'm complaining about there. Flying through, flying through. Okay. Um, God, I watched uh, The Offer. Finally. I think I'm just going to wait. I'm, I think I'm going to cancel Netflix, cancel Hulu, cancel all this stuff. And then when I hear enough about a show from the right sources and, you know, I check it, then I can just buy it $2 an episode. Like, all this stuff, I'm done. Like, I haven't watched anything from Netflix in forever or Hulu or HBO Max. And I'm like, how do I get the offer? How do I get ESPN.com's uh, Queens, uh, New York documentary on the Mets of 86? Those are the only things I've wanted to watch for about six months, maybe a year. And I finally, the offer was finally available on Amazon Prime. Check those out for $2 an ep. And just loved it. They really knocked it out of the park. 
And they really did a good job of spotlighting Al Ruddy. <laughs> Obviously, he was the lead of it. But I had always thought it was this Bob Evans Coppola thing. And um, they really did a good job of talking. Uh, Al Ruddy and his assistant, who became an agent, big-time agent, for 40 years in show business. She was an amazing, tough girl. Um, they, they did a great job of kind of revealing their story. Uh, so the offer, it comes highly re- recommended. And Coppola, the, the guy who played him, was great. And the guy who played Puzo was great. And the guy who played Charlie Bluthorn, the guy, okay, the two characters I was most impressed, the person who, carried, who uh, played Charlie Bluthorn, the head of Paramount, I'm sorry, Golf and Western, because he wanted to drop Paramount. This guy's whatever, a billionaire, but he held on to <laughs> Paramount for whatever reason. Um, Tom Hanks' son is in it too. He's great. I love Colin Hanks. Um, but the guy who played Charlie Bluthorn and the guy who played Robert Evans, because those were two guys who were very uh, distinct, specific. We knew what they looked like and sounded like, and sometimes it's a little too tough to um, nail it when they're so familiar. Muhammad Ali, you know, was played by that guy. Uh, but anyway, love the offer. Ten episodes. I doubt they'll make one. Well, no, Al Reddy was the center of it, and he doesn't involve himself with Godfather 2, I don't think, so I don't know if they'll cover that. I hope they do, but I think it would be a lot of the same. Plus, the Godfather's already made it. It's multi-million dollar record-breaking, so it's a different set of challenges. But to get it made with the right people, it took like, it took a team, man. It took a full team of people, and there was a little backstabbing, but there had to be. But to get the right pieces into place, because there were so many people didn't want Brando, people didn't want Coppola, people didn't want Jimmy Kahn, you know, people didn't want Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, sorry, people didn't want Brando or or uh, Pacino. You know, they wanted Robert Redford. They wanted possibly Jack Nicholson um, to play a Sicilian. Uh, but it really was cool to see teamwork pay off and those guys just cutting and jiving. They had to deal with the mob in New York and all that stuff and kind of assuage some feelings. And they had to make it like, look, this isn't a bad uh, rap that it'll give Italian-Americans. This is a beautiful, uh, it's, it's from a Mediterranean Italian you know, not not a New York Italian necessarily. It's not a historic, historically uh, mobster type film. So Al Ruddy, great. Saw the movie Amsterdam on the cruise ships. Loved it. It's a little different. It's very different. I don't know that anybody I've recommended it to because I've recommended it to about ten people. I don't know that people will get it like I did. I mean, enjoy it like I did. They'll they'll understand it. But I just love the artistic flavor of it, the whole storyline, the historical aspect. I remember reading about it or uh, seeing about it in uh, Loose Change. I think that was the name of that documentary all about a certain, oh, I don't know, Prescott Bush and some of these other guys who wanted to hire uh, a former general um, from World War One to overthrow Roosevelt, which is such a level of treason, it's unbelievable. Um, Prescott Bush was one of them, I believe. Um, and uh, Charles DuPont, I believe, was one of them. There were like three or four. And I don't know that they use those guys' names necessarily in this film, but uh, a great movie. And tied in with a doctor who was doing um, rehabilitation on World War I veterans, because that's not a thing you see where they didn't have a lot of technology, and you still have people coming back messed up. And can you imagine see, seeing a Civil War vet that like got a bullet to the eye, and you're like, oh, man, this guy was clearly in the war. It's not like... I mean, nowadays you can still see things too, but we have so many things to fix people. 
Uh, you know what fixes it really well? No war. Um, let's see. Football. So Amsterdam, great movie. Christian Bale, man. Are you kidding me? Jesus. Uh, and Mike Myers, just amazing. Forget about it. Uh, football has become so background for me. Well, not this last game I just watched. The Lions, baby. The Lions just beat the Packers and knocked them out of the playoffs. And it feels like they won the Super Bowl. I feel like when I was a kid and your team wins the bowl game, that's what I feel like tonight. I'm just beaming. I'm going to be up for a while. They had a chance leading to the last game, but Seattle Seahawks had to lose today. And it was a close one with the Rams. There were a couple of close, terrible calls. Uh, but the Rams had their chances. Uh but there were a couple of gross calls. Seahawks came away with it. I don't. I, I like the Seahawks. I like Pete Carroll. So I'm, I'm not bummed. They'll give a good game, I think, to San Francisco next week. Um, but I was hooked for the first time in a long time watching the Lions. Because sometimes I'm like, ah, I'm not doing it. But Dan Campbell's got them really hoping. And this could be a game they go back to, even though they, they don't advance to the playoffs. Years from now, go, yeah, that game in Green Bay. That's where we got our, that's where we got our bones. The season before the season. Uh, so I'm happy for the Lions' future. The defense, I was texting with Hunter, my buddy, who's from Detroit. And uh, we were texting all about it. He was, he's really follows it and was telling me how good the defense looks. And they're young. Uh, no shows on the books. <coughs> A couple of random ones here and there. But nothing to pitch to you people. Um, they're all private shows. I'm editing mascots now, which is exciting. It's all in the can. I may not have to go back to Austin at all. No problem if I do for some pickup shots. But my buddy Eric and his family may be at their wits end with me being at their home. Um, but we're going to uh, get on. Um, he's got my editing notes, and then we'll get online and, uh, and talk it through. FaceTime it through and edit uh, together and hopefully have something 30 or 45 minutes to take and sell and we'll have a five minute sample and we'll have a one minute trailer you know we'll have a few different versions of it to take out and sell and who knows in what uh in this day and age what uh where it can exist you know branded entertainment content it's content is it internet 30 second clips uh pop-up window is it segments on espn is it stuff that exclusively would be used by a university i think a good way in is uh minor league baseball hockey and soccer i think those are three kind of neglected sports that we could really do some trial and error and get better and better and better and then you do like baseball and then it's college football and or college call all college colleges with whatever uh college because it's the same mascot across the sports you know you get up and do canadian football you go do some european or, or mexican or central american south american soccer chinese basketball leagues japanese baseball all that stuff right roller derby wnba but you get maybe the mediocrity out of the way you remove those layers of suck in a low profile situation um before you're doing covering the new york yankees you know or the dallas cowboys um Golden Globes are coming up. I can't imagine who's watching. They're not using Ricky Gervais, so, you know, you're not getting my eyes, baby. That's the guy, that's the guy man. That guy crosses, you know, he brings it all together. And and you're going to see the ratings fall, guys. Um, but I got to w- make my way back to having fun doing stand-up. Got to get that. Got to get back there. I was there for a little while. Got away from it. I'm getting a little too strategic-minded and not free-flowing. Let it fly, right? talk to people you can be wrong it's okay talk to people you know remove those layers of suck fail forward uh i'm jacked for this win for the lions for next year and i'm jacked uh, for this year to um 
get started and do some cool things and projects. Career day for my high school is Friday, January 20th. A ton of alumni come back to talk about their jobs and uh, talk to the kids, interact, provide perspective, different sets of eyeballs and brains on their lives. People that have been there, lived there, done that, done it all, coming back uh, and uh, getting kids out of their rigid mindsets maybe and not make, not letting them worry, right? Go fail forward, make mistakes, get posterized. Don't worry. Um, you're going to look silly and you're going to go further for it all your life. Uh, keen on things podcast, keen of comedy, all social media platforms. Follow me and uh, I'll see you at a show near you. Thank you. Love you. Bye.